But I'm going back. I started this, man, I was excited, uh, December 11th, about what the Lord's going to show us about our church, about ourself. Uh, but I'm literally going to review most of tonight what we talked about on December 11th. Um, just because it's been a month, and, uh, and I want to get this. I want the church to get this. I want to go back to Revelation chapter 1, verse 1. And if you know, reading the one-year Bible, this is where we were in December, on December 11th. If you're reading your one-year Bible, this is where we were. So we're going to stay here until we finish the seven churches. And I, don't, I think it'll probably take us two Wednesday nights. Not too long, I don't think. Uh, hang on just a second. If I don't fix this, it's going to turn off on me every one minute. Every two minutes. Revelation chapter 1. The revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave to him to show his servants, things which, which must shortly take place. And he sent and signified, signified it by his angel to his servant John who bore witness to the word of God and to the testimony of Jesus Christ to all things that he saw. Blessed is he who reads and keep those who hear the words of this prophecy and keep those things which are written in it, for the time is near. Now, this is, this is probably not very good speech, um, speech 101 etiquette, but I'm going to do it anyway. Who, who was here December 11th when I preached on this? Most of you. Do you remember kind of what charge I gave you before you left on December 11th? Blessed are those that read this prophecy. So I said, why not from December 11th until the end of the year, let's read Revelation. How many of you read it? A few of you. It says, blessed is he who reads and those who keep, those who hear, those who do what's been said. I want to encourage you. If I said... If you go out and you go buy a cheeseburger at McDonald's, God's going to bless you. Would you go buy a cheeseburger? You may not eat it. I didn't say you had to eat it. But Scripture says, blessed are those who, who, who reads this. Blessed are those who reads this and those who hear the words of this prophecy and keep those things which are written in it. I struggle with why we wouldn't do that when we know what's good for us and we don't do it. Amen? Amen. Read Revelation. Hear it and keep it. Amen? Then blessing comes. Again, this is so unique, this, this book of the Bible, in that it contains a blessing to the readers. And this word blessed is translated, it's shown it's seven times in Revelation. And it's the familiar word used by the Lord in the Beatitudes in Matthew chapter 5 and, chap, in Matthew chapter 5 and Luke 6. You remember, blessed are the peacemakers. I was talking to somebody today about blessed are the peacemakers. Same word where it indicates not only the characters that are blessed, but also the nature of that which is of the highest good. And the Lord pronounces that those that will read and hear and keep these words of this prophecy are blessed. And what this word means is happy, fulfilled, and satisfied. How many of us walk this earth 
live through our day unhappy, unsatisfied, unfulfilled. We don't have to walk around like that. Chapter 2, Revelation chapter 2, begins with letters to seven churches. And these letters show what different groups of believers will do in times of persecution. These letters are for us to be able to glean off of and to listen to and to recognize that these are some pitfalls that the church can easily fall in. And don't think for a second that we haven't fallen into one or more of them. Now, I want to also not let you free of thinking this isn't for you individually. Because aren't we the church? It's not this building This building hasn't lost its first love. We have. It's saying that the church has. So when we see the struggles that that church is having, that is for us to apply personally, not for us to look at our neighbor and think, oh, yeah, that is his problem. Oh, yeah, that is her problem. That man nailed it, God. You just nailed it. Good one. Yeah. I hope you're hearing this. Don't do that. We're looking to ourselves. We're looking to our heart. And it's okay if you can identify one. In fact, it's good if you can identify one that you're struggling with because now you know what you need to work on. You know what's good about a scale? It tells you when you've gained weight. It tells you you've, you've, you've ate too much. That's not a bad thing. That's a good thing. How many over the last four weeks has the scale been ugly to you? It's been ugly to me. Not only did we do party after party after party, but then we went on vacation. That never goes well. But this is a scale. This is a way to see where are we? Where is our heart? Where are we as a church? Where are we individually? Please, please, please take this word and apply it to your heart. In In these epistles, the risen Lord administers his church. And each letter, let me get back. We're going to journey from church to church. I've only got two tonight. But each church includes three things. An accusation, a call or a directive, and a threat or a promise. Even though they were actual churches... These also have been selected as parable churches to give us heavenly instruction as we would apply the principles throughout the generation, generations of the church. So we've got to put ourselves in these situations and ask ourselves individually and corporately, what correction do I need? And I love that for the first of the year. Everybody is willing to do a New Year's resolution. You know all that that means? That means you're correcting something. It doesn't sound as good to feel like you're being corrected. You're not being corrected. You're choosing to make a change. That's good. So why not us look at the Word, let it speak directly to our hearts, and make a change? Let's not start a New Year's resolution on day one, January 1st, and quit it January 2nd. Let's make a change and let's keep walking it. Nobody said it would be easy. Revelation chapter 2, verse 1. To the angel of the church of Ephesus write, These things say 
These things say he who holds the seven stars in his right hand, who walks in the midst of the seven golden lampstands. I know your works, your labor, your patience, and that you cannot bear those who are evil. And you have tested those who say they are apostles and are not, and have found them liars. And you have persevered and have patience, and have labored for my name's sake, and have not become weary. Nevertheless, I have this against you, that you have left your first love. Remember, therefore, from where you have fallen, repent and do the first works, or else I will come to you quickly and remove your lampstand from its place unless you repent. But this you have, that you hate the deeds of the Nicolaitans, which I also hate. He who has an ear to hear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. To him who overcomes, I will give to eat from the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God. If you remember from a month ago, I talked about how Jesus uses the sandwich leadership structure of giving a compliment, then a criticism, and then a compliment. That's not a new thing. The compliment sandwich. Compliment, criticism, compliment. Back in Revelation 2, 2, we just read it. He says, I know your works, your labor, your patience, that you cannot bear those who are evil, and you have tested those who say they are apostles and are not, and found them liars. What four things about Ephesus did he say had not gone unnoticed? Again, this is review from last time. Church at Ephesus. Their works had not gone unnoticed. I want you to know that the things that you are doing for the Lord, the things that you are doing within the church with the right heart, whether people notice it, whether the pastor notices it, whether anyone notices it, the Lord notices it. And the Lord ultimately is, your, is the one who can exalt you. He's the one who promotes you. He's the one who cares for you. So if you can recognize, nobody saw me do that today. Nobody saw Gloria. I don't know if she's in here. But like a doofus, I forgot to put out salt. I forgot to ask anybody to put out salt on the church parking lot. You know, we just get running 1,000 miles an hour and you just forget. And this hillside is one of the worst because of the trees that stay up. It just stays covered. So, yesterday evening at 5 o'clock, I thought... We need salt. And who knows how cold it was yesterday. So I called Gloria, and I could remember we had salt. And I was going to come back up here. My kids had piano, and they take piano up here close. And I thought, well, I needed to run home, but the kids are going to be at piano for an hour. I bet I could go get that salt and get it spread in about an hour. So I called Gloria. Do we have salt? She goes, I don't know. Let me go look. She goes, no, we don't have enough. But Lowe's has it for $5 for 50 pounds. I'm like, wow, in winter. When everybody needs it, that seems kind of cheap. How much do you think we need? I, I don't know. Buy four bags, 200 pounds. Do you need help? I'll come meet you. No, if you know Gloria. No, I don't need any help. Are you sure? Yeah, I don't need any help. I said, okay, well, I'll come help you spread it. She goes, no, if I need your help, I'll call you. So what does she do? In 10 degrees last night while Tim McLaughlin and uh, that group was meeting up here with the Teen Challenge, she spread 200 pounds of salt. Bless her. And you know what? I got up this morning. All that snow was still there. I said, Justin, go look at it. Go see if we need more salt. He said, no, it's completely covered. 
By lunchtime, it was gone. Those efforts that she gave, she's not even in here to even know we're talking about her. I don't even know if she knows I even know that she did it. But the Lord saw her do that. Freezing out there. For us. For you. God sees that. What you're doing behind the scenes that nobody sees, God sees it. And he is a rewarder. And he's going to reward you. He saw their labor. He sees the effort that you're giving. He sees your patience. Now, how many times have you had a, a Christian fall that you know? And you have patience and you love on them and help them back up. God sees that patience. And so much of that within the church goes completely unseen. The meetings that you have at coffee, the meetings that you have in the parking lot, the meetings that you have back there next to someone, or that you run into them on the street. And they come in, like if you all saw the play, me coming in after losing everything and my head hanging. But the church came and received and put a jacket on me and fed me. God sees the patience that we have. And he sees when we do not bear evil, when we do not put up with evil. That's good. It says, nevertheless, though, um, it said in verse 5, nevertheless, I have this against you, verse 4, that you have left your first love. Now, we all do this. We do this in marriage, we do this in relationship, we do this in church, we do this with our walk with God. I was talking to somebody today about um, re- basically returning to your first love. and uh, w- One way that I try to do that with Elizabeth, and I, I struggle, I don't do it well, I, I try, but I know what her love language is. And all of a sudden, when someone starts talking to me about marriage counseling and I start talking to them, next thing you know, I start dealing with my heart and where am I with her? Not where is she with me, where am I with her? Am I filling that tank? Am I returning to my first love? You know, me filling her tank is me loving her. Me filling her love tank is me loving her. Me recognizing what she needs and meeting that. The way God loves us is by providing for us, is by protecting us, is by caring for us. So, so many times we get running so fast that we're not even loving each other. I get to running so fast that I sometimes catch myself not even loving on God. It it happens. So, I want to encourage you. There's always, there's always another level you can go to. You may say, man, I'm in great shape. Well, can you go to another level? Let me ask you, married couples, can you go to another level in your marriage? Or are you at that top? There's always another level you can go to. There's always another level you can go to. Well, how does he say to return? Do you remember what he said? Verse 5. Remember, therefore, from where you have fallen, repent and do the first works. What does that mean? Remember from where you have fallen, repent, and go back to what you were doing when you were completely in love. 
You don't have to go reinvent the wheel. You don't have to have something new. Go back to what was working. When you were right with the Lord, what were you doing? When you were right with your wife, what were you doing? Your husband, what were you doing? Go back to that. You don't have to go buy something. You don't have to go on a trip. Return. Return. Repent. You know how much repenting, saying you're sorry, and genuinely apologizing to your spouse, you know how far that'll go? That'll go a long way. Man, am I, am I speaking Chinese? How, how many here receive an apology from your spouse? Three of you. There you go. Make him raise his hand. I don't mean saying it to be able to get out of it. Have you ever had someone just say they're sorry just to get out of the conversation? That's not what I'm talking about. That works just the opposite. But genuinely being sorry. Genuinely saying, I blew that. Man, do y'all ever blow it? Repent and go back to what was working. So overall, the church at Ephesus, commended for rejecting evil, persevering, and having patience, criticized for the love of Christ, no longer fervent. Instruction, do the works you did at first, and what's the promise? Do you remember the promise? To him who overcomes, I will give to eat from the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God. Not only is he letting us eat from the tree of life, but it is in the presence of the Lord. Those that overcome, how does it say to overcome? Repent and get back to what you were doing, and you will overcome. Everybody with me? Let me do one more, then we'll stop. I think that's how far I got the last time. It's funny. Revelation 2, verse 8, the next church. To the angel of the church in Smyrna write, These things say the first and the last, who was dead and came to life. I know your works, tribulations, and poverty, but you're rich. And I know the blasphemy of those who say they are Jews and are not, but are a synagogue of Satan. Do not fear any of those things which you are about to suffer. Indeed, the devil is about to throw some of you into prison, that you may be tested, and you will have tribulation ten days. Be faithful until death, and I will give you the crown of life. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. He who overcomes shall not be hurt by the second death. Uh, real quick, I gave this little tip the last time. The church at Smyrna The church at Smyrna, of the seven cities addressed in Revelation 2 and 3, this is the only one that exists today. Uh, it's a modern Turkish town called Izmir, Izmir. Izmir. Right there, still there. Christ affirmed that he was well aware of four aspects of their faithful endurance. What were they? 
similar, their works, their tribulations, God knows what you are struggling with. Just like you and your small children, you know what their main battles are. Even with us having kids that are teenagers, we know what their large battles are. God knows what our battles are. You know what's awesome about the Lord is He has the answer and He has the provision. And He'll go with you. God is so much more than I can be to my children. Even though what I can be to my children is an awesome thing. What fathers and mothers can be to their children are, is awesome. But what God can be to them is pale in comparison. What we can be is pale in comparison to what God can be. Their poverty, poverty and the blasphemy that's coming at them. Same verse, even though they were persecuted by unbelieving and hostile Jews, the source of their true troubles were Satan. Finally, the four points of this church, commended for bearing suffering, no criticism, instruction to be faithful until death, and their promise was the crown of life. We as Christians have tribulations. We have struggles. The word tribulation in Revelation 1.9 is also the classical Greek word used to describe how Romans would torture someone by applying a heavy stone to the chest of a criminal. A heavy pressure that had the effect of slowly mashing that individual to death. You know, that's what, if we don't have the Lord, that's what our tribulations will do to us. Do any of you feel like, have any of you, uh, and I'll close with this, seen the movie Thor? He puts that big hammer on a guy and just leaves him laying there. And he's stuck. He can't move. That's what tribulations do to us. They get us stuck. They start pressing down on us. We start feeling pressure. And you know what pressure does to us? It makes us make decisions that we wouldn't normally make. It makes us make decisions quicker than we would normally make. The Lord knows our tribulations. Emotional weights, financial weights, physical weights, spiritual weights. Jesus says he knows all about our afflictions, our distresses, our pressing problems. Not only that he knows them, but he cares for them. What's the scripture? I can only remember the song. Cast your burdens on Jesus, for he, for he cares for you. Hiya, 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 hiya. Anybody know what that's from? Uh, not you, of course you know. It's from the Donut Man. Does anybody remember the Donut Man? Cast your burdens on Jesus, for he cares for you. It's originally from the Bible. Thank you for that. We didn't know that. That's awesome. Here, I'll close with this. Romans chapter 8. 
Let me tell you, the final word for a, a Christian that walks with God is victory. Everybody say victory. How many wants victory for 2014? I want victory. What then shall we say to these things? For if God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son but delivered him up for all, how shall he not be with him also? How shall, shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Who shall bring a charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is he who condemns? It is Christ who died and furthermore is also risen, who is even at the right hand of God, who also makes intercession for us. Who shall, se who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? Don't let this scripture go too quickly through your head. These things cannot have control, cannot control you, cannot control your future, your destiny. They cannot. They don't have the right. It's against the law. As it is written, for your sake we are killed all day long, we are counted as sheep for the slaughter, yet in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am persecuted that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus the Lord. It's time to realize who our daddy is and to make sure that when we turn around and we look that he is with us. We can get out from under the covering. The Lord does not hold us with a strong grip and not allow us to, to get free. He lets us free. But if we will seek him, we will find him. If we will yoke ourselves with him, he will yoke our his self with us. It is not his desire not to be with you. It is his desire to be with you through it all. Nothing in this earth can separate us from him. Nothing can. I believe except us. We don't separate ourselves from his love, but we can separate ourselves from under his covering. But there's nothing strong enough to pull us out from under it. Not your addiction. Not your health. Not your situation. Not your finances. Not your boss. Nothing. Jesus dying on the cross has overcome it all. And he has in turn given that overcoming to us. Were you want to share something? Go ahead. I have a story, and you asked me, so I'm going to share it. Um, okay, my daughter's going to kill me, <laughs> so get ready. Our oldest daughter has a boyfriend, and uh, as Paul was talking about the first love, and let me just say this is very sweet and innocent love that, that these two have, um, 
But as we were talking about the first love, you know, return to your first love, and nothing shall separate us from the love of God. Um, but I just kept thinking about this recent story that we had happen at our house. And what happened is, is the boyfriend asked our daughter to go to prom. And I don't know if you know this, but in our society now, asking someone to go to prom with you is a very big, big deal. And the boys do these big... Productions. Yes, it's a big, big deal. And so, anyways, Bud, this is the boyfriend. Am I doing something? Yeah, you're doing that. (laughs) So, Bud had been talking to us, well, me, about how he was going to ask Rita Marie to go to prom. And they've been dating now for like eight months. And so, he had gotten um, Grace. Where's Delane? There's Delane. Grace's daughter, I mean, Delane's daughter, Grace, the oldest daughter, the oldest Miller daughter, who's Rita Marie's very, very best friend. And so he'd gotten Grace to help him, and he'd gotten our girls to help him, and he had made these signs. It was the sweetest thing, and posted these posters all over our house. And and I did give him permission to go stand in her room, and yes, I am the pastor of your church's <laughs> wife, and I did give the boyfriend permission to be in the room, but we were all home, and he wasn't allowed. He's never allowed up there, but we let him go hide up there, and Grace was actually hiding up there, too, and we had all these video cameras rolling, and Rita Marie was coming in from work, and anyways, the idea was that she was going to get in and start seeing these posters, and they said, come, and she's going to walk through the house and have these arrows directing her, me, me at prom and it was going to wander around up the stairs and he was going to be standing there with this rose and you know oh this is just a beautiful thing will you go to prom with me come meet me at prom was so our Rita Marie comes in the house and she's worked all day and it's Christmas and she works retail and she's exhausted and she's wrapped presents until she's blue in the face and she walks in the house and she sees the sign on the door and it upsets her to no end and we're videoing this whole thing okay (laughs) and she walks in and she puts her hands on her across her face and she, or across her body and she goes, what is going on? What are you doing? And then she has them on her hips and we're recording the whole thing. And I'm like, can you just, just follow the signs? It's good. Just follow the signs. And this whole time we're recording what's happening in her room. Okay. We don't see it. And our kids are all sitting on the couch. We have four kids. So our three kids are sitting there watching her and Paul's trying to record it. And I'm like, just put the recorder down. And she is so upset. What is it? Just tell me. I hate She's it. yelling at me to turn the recorder off. So I turn it off, and then I just sneak it back up. Yes. And, and so she notices. <laughs> so needless to say, she, I'm like begging her, pulling her, if you would just go. Just stop talking. Just go upstairs. And go walk upstairs. through this. Well, so finally she starts to make her way up the stairs. And you would think she would catch on to what the sign says. Because what the sign says is what her boyfriend always says to her. But she's not paying attention to this. And so this whole, she's walking, Paul's video, and the little girls are chasing her up the room. We're all watching her go, and all of a sudden she sees it, and she screams, and he's there, and we record it all. Paul kicks him out of the room for sure. I mean, that's on video. That's really cute. And so, so anyway, so this sweet little moment, right? And this is her first love. Well, this didn't really strike me that much, except that it was really cute and it was a great moment. But what strikes me is when Paul was piecing all the video parts together because he had three different video cameras going. And so he's trying to create this iMovie for them of the whole event. And I want you to know, it took Rita Marie forever to walk up those stairs. I mean, we have poor Bud standing with his flower like for days 
standing there waiting on her to open that door. And Paul makes this video of them, and he has the whole thing. Like, I mean, it's like 15 minutes of Bud standing there with his ropes. <laughs> and I was like, honey, you got to edit this down. And there's real cute parts. Like, he was nervous, and he sort of danced around, and it was real cute. But I was like, you got to cut this thing down. And, and Paul looked at me, and this is the sweetest thing, and this is what I think the Lord is saying through my big, long story, is this. And Paul looked at it, and he goes, but Elizabeth, that's the best part. He said the fact that he would do all this, that he would make these signs, that he would stand there with the rose, that he would wait on her, that he would stand there and just wait, to me, that's the sweetest part. And he said, I don't want to cut that part out. And so I think that's what I'm thinking as I'm reading this, is return to your first love. I'm thinking, that, I'm thinking that there's the Lord, and it's like he's standing there with his big red rose, and he's just waiting. And he's just saying, I love you, and I want what's good for you, and I want you to be happy, and I don't want you to, you know, skirt. Well, that's not the right term. I almost said that. Kind of I, what skirt you around you know, to, 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 what is that in, in um, Jeremiah, he says, to give our love to other things, you know, the other idols, to, to share our love. And I think, I think that's what I feel like he's saying to us, is just he's here and he's ready. And I think that we need to just return to our first love. And I think it's so beautiful to just know that he's standing there waiting. Um, so that's what I want. So, Father God, we do just turn our hearts towards you tonight. And, Lord God, I feel like we can get off in so many areas. And sometimes, Lord, it's just the little things, the little worries, the little concerns that just become big, huge things in our life, Lord. And it begins to take away from our relationship with you. And so right now, Lord God, I just, I just, we just set them aside. Lord God, we just set all those things aside, whatever those burdens are, whatever those cares, whatever those worries are, Lord God, whatever it is that we've been chasing, Lord God, we just set them aside, and we just thank you, God, that you're just there, ready for us, with open arms, waiting for us, Lord God, and you're our first love, you're our first love, and so, Lord God, we just say tonight that we love you, that we long to be in your arms, Lord God, we long to to be one with you, Lord God, and to be in, in union and communication with you. And so we just come running home tonight, yes, Lord God. Yes. And we just thank you that you care. And just like Pastor Paul reminded us of that scripture tonight, to cast all of our burdens on you, Lord God. And so when we come to you, Lord God, when we come running, Lord God, we bring with you a pile of stuff. And Lord God, I thank you that you just take us, that you just receive us for what it is. And Lord God, that we come running. And I thank you, God, that you're there with open arms. And, Lord God, that it's beautiful. And we love you, God. And we thank you that you love us, Lord God. Yes, Lord. And that you never leave us or forsake us, Lord. Thank you, Father God. Thank you, Father God. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Y'all have a good rest of the week. We'll see you Sunday morning. Listen up. Joe McGee. Sunday morning, Sunday night. It's going to be awesome. Invite your friends. It's a great, it's going to be a great weekend. God bless you.